0: Creep on in, on in, on in, Ooh. see I'm riding high, high, kind of Give me some brew and I might just chill But I'm the type that likes to light another
1: joint like Cypress Hill I still will be spin logies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it Go get the S-T-I-D-E-S Nevertheless, I'm a fresh rolling joints like the cigarette So fast it across the table like ping-pong I'm gone, everyone, welcome to the 16th episode of the General Equality Podcast I'm here I'm Hadi I'm myself uh, Welcome to our new show, it's a new month uh, we are just about one month removed from the summer season Which means all the big genre properties are going to be out next month You know, your Game of Thrones, your Avengers Endgame, your Shazam, your Hellboys But even before then, right, it's already starting to ramp up Yeah. And and part of me is glad that some of these movies are not going to get caught up in the summer Traffic jam that, mm-hmm. that is gonna happen soon So yeah. we can have like A bit more focus on You know Us for example Which right. is a movie That deserves it yeah, yeah. And a f- and a few others You know like on Netflix You know um, Love, Death, and Robots Is getting a lot of hype mm. Stuff like that uh, But I guess We do have to start off With You know We are a genre podcast So we gotta start with The big superhero things So what was the big superhero thing? There was one big superhero thing In March uh, As Marvel has tended to do Over the last Um few years yeah. uh over in winter has uh, late winter has been like a nice proving ground uh, box office wise mm-hmm. uh last year black panther Made billions and billions And all the money in the world Yeah uh, And despite the divisiveness And all the, you know The women-hating trolls out there uh, Captain Marvel also did really well At the box office They yeah. yeah. did Well on the way to a billion um, As of last weekend They were at hun- 750 million already Damn So I mean it's Wait,
2: is that with global numbers? Or that's global numbers Oh,
1: okay Yeah, uh, domestically it's I mean it surpassed Batman vs Superman la, Which isn't hard to do <laughs> these yeah, days yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Shazam will do that too as well.
2: But uh, in among the ranks of uh, Marvel movies,
1: Amongst the ranks, it's seventh overall in terms of domestic opening. Obviously, overall, mm. uh, that's not too bad. Yeah, mm. yeah, it, it surpassed you know uh, most of the um, origin stories. You know, your Captain America First Avengers, Thors. Thor's and stuff like that. Uh, Doctor Strange, for example. Uh, obviously, Black Panthers of and Iron Man is of a different calibre. Yeah, 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 yeah. but sure. I mean, if you think about how long Thor th- as a franchise and Captain Marvel. And, and Captain America, I'm sorry, took to get to it, that premium status You know, if you remember First Avenger wasn't good mm. Thor The Dark World wasn't mm. good uh, So it took a few movies for it to ramp up la. So uh, the fact that Captain Marvel right out of the gate is already this solid And so financially successful bodes well for it as a franchise Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess let's talk about the movie in general Let's not talk about, you know, the controversy surrounding it Because sure. I don't want to give, like, oxygen to yeah, yeah. uh Basically, like, kind of baseless things that have nothing to do with uh, I mean they the took story, a
2: comment by Brie Larson out of context, la, Essentially, like from last year, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Basically, right. Like if you actually look up what the comment was, yeah. it's not what is all at all what it was Correct. made out to be, like, You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah anyway, so let's talk about it as a narrative, as a movie as a whole. Uh, Captain Marvel, I think, tries to do a lot. They yeah. do. It's a it's an origin story with loads of you know MCU backstory trying to fill in the history. It's supposed to set up Endgame. Um, it's a 90s spirit piece mm-hmm. It's a buddy cop movie It's a cosmic space adventure That's supposed to introduce the Skrulls And the Kree to the big screen Although, I mean, we've seen a bit of the Kree But this is our real definitive look at it yeah. Outside yeah. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe um, And also, it's supposed to be this um, piece of feminist filmmaking, obviously um, And I'd say that it's modestly successful at most of it Though not as well as I'd hoped um, here, okay, here are the good things Let's start with the good things first yeah. Um, it's breezily enjoyable. It's very like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bree Larson leads an insanely top-notch cast. I mean, they're all <laughs> so good. Uh the 90s Spirit Touches made me smile, you know, like the music, uh the gags about technology, you know, the modems and stuff. The uh, pages, the forget. pages, yeah. Um and he has some cool and well others might say controversial, but I say cool um twists on the comic book lore. Yeah. Um the thing is it just lacks Stakes Proper stakes Emotional resonance And any sort of Wow factor yep. As a standalone MCU movie goes It ranks below You know Gold standards Like Iron Man And Black Panther oh, yeah, yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy But I think it
2: Better than First Avenger Faster fastest
1: Captain America First Avenger Thor Or Doctor Strange even yeah. Solid But perhaps a bit too safe What do you
2: guys think? Um, it's no Wonder Woman la. No it's not Wonder Woman yeah. yeah, But I never expected it to be mm-hmm. Um this I feel this movie was suffering from more of a end game. Um, we, we are waiting for end game. Yeah, yeah. You know, so to fill in the gap, we have Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I just felt that it. Uh, this movie is just placed in a in a weird time, la. I mean, mm-hmm. even though it's done well financially and all that, mm-hmm. but just because it's filling in the holes for end game also. Yes. Mm-hmm. something well, that Black Panther didn't need to do for Infinity exactly. War, yeah. 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 yeah, and so it was tr- it, like you're you're right in it is trying to do. A lot of things at one time Yeah There was this whole uh, Rescuing mission With the You know Spoiler alert I guess yeah. The Skrulls Yeah so small, scru- small spoilers Yeah, yeah. Um, Then there was this whole I mean the whole idea Between Kree and Skrull Being explored mm-hmm. But not really Delved deep into mm-hmm. You yeah, know sure. It's very surface level mm-hmm. Um the the great intelligence, we call it? The The Supreme, su- supreme Intelligence. intelligence sorry, yeah. Also not really explored much. Not really, la. Which I wanted to see more of also because of how important it is to the, 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 the Kree story. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm assuming it will be explored in Captain Marvel too. La. I hope so la. Yeah. But then that's the whole other phase la. Sure, phase yeah. four. Yeah, phase four. Yeah. Um and it's just that from a comic book fan's perspective, it might be a bit disappointing. Mm. Because this is the first time You see Skrulls mm. You know And then And if you know how dastardly Skrulls are In the comics Yeah You know from Secret War yeah. And how yeah. how important Secret War was
3: Exactly Yeah
2: exactly. Well To be fair yeah. We just only saw One particular Exactly Exactly yeah. So that's why I don't want to like totally like condemn the movie for right. displaying the Skrulls the way they displayed the scrolls because mm. this might be just a small segment of Skrulls. It could be a more nuanced take
1: on the entire culture
2: exactly. la, being, being as big as an empire that, as it is. Exactly. You, know, you
1: can't uh, label an entire race good or bad just yeah. on the actions of like a few characters. But from what
2: we understand it is they are a diaspora. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like the Jewish population or like the uh, Sri Lankan population like that. You know, like that sort of diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, th- it's just too bad that we couldn't explore These things further Because There was no time lah Yeah Mm. for sure Yeah I mean overall It was still very enjoyable Yeah I was fine with the CGI I was fine with all the like Tesseract uh, The inclusion of the Tesseract The inclusion of uh, Old mythos From before Mm. And filling up the gaps You know with the cat I won't say what What happens Yeah uh, With Nick Fury Mm. You know all that stuff I'm fine with that Yeah Yeah. Overall I was Uh, A rookie Um Rookie, uh, uh, Coulson. Coulson. That was really um, f- that was really good to
1: see. And like mid-level, Sam Jackson. Yeah. Uh, mid-level, Nick Fury. But he was also. still mid-management, you know. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> right, right, top right, of yeah. and, and Coulson was really underneath, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but my, uh, <laughs> Mendelson uh, Madison is one of my. Ben Mendelson, man. Um a, n- a nice twist on the usual Ben Mendelson character. Yeah. He's usually the villain, which is yeah, what we expected yeah. to yeah, be. Yeah. Um. So I like what they did with Ben Mendelson. Yeah. He's always funny. He's always he charismatic. what do you what do you think, Kaisa?
3: Uh. I think generally For me Captain Marvel Has always been about Kind of ex- establishing The power level right Since the announcement They first made Where she was going to come in Between the two Avengers movies um, you, you kind of Understood immediately Okay Like you need someone Who's able to fight On the same level as Thanos Right And uh, while it only Took all of 30 seconds For Thanos to establish His power level By like um, Beating up the Hulk Hulk And right? Loki uh-huh. And Loki At the same time I think There wasn't Going to be any chance that they would be able to slide Captain Marvel into Endgame, uh, with so many things already going on, mm. you know. So, uh, I understand like its position within uh the MCU universe right now, right in the timeline of, of the movies or ac- the actual chronological uh layout of the movies. Uh, it it suffers, yeah, like what both of you have covered. It suffers from it the context, mm. right, and because we know of that context, then the stakes are little. Uh, lower Or non-existent at all Much in the same way uh, Any sort of um, Spider-Man Announcements Like the trailers That they showed For Homecoming uh, mm-hmm. uh, In the same way Also diminishes the stakes For everything That is going on In the MCU mm-hmm. So uh, very enjoyable I thought the CGI Was really good Actually yeah. um, I think we It's very interesting To see that Because the MCU Has been around For so long How much technology Has developed Over the decade Ish or so We've been uh, Following these things um, Some of the The outer space scenes Were breathtaking I really mm. have to say well um, at the same time I think like uh, A little waste Of Bree Larson's talent mm. uh, I feel like A lot of the time When she wasn't paired up With uh, Samuel L. Jackson Or with Um the what's the Lashana Lynch? Yes, who who plays Rambo? Right. Yeah. Like I, I do feel like her character was a little bit lost. The writing wasn't very very clear. Uh, she didn't really have any ground to kind of stand on her own. I hope that placing her with Avengers and the entire brilliant chemistry that that particular cast. Has established over the years will help her to become more of her own character, mm. um, in the series itself. Yeah,
1: as we as we've seen with um, like I mentioned, Steve Rogers and Thor, they didn't actually come into their own until the Avengers movies. That is um, true. I think Captain America and Thor in particular felt almost personalityless up until Josh Whedon wrote him in in Avengers, mm-hmm. and then he grew from there. Um, Carol Danvers, you know, is just at the beginning point. Yeah. Um, I I do agree that she feels a little undercooked in the same way that. Perhaps T'Challa felt undercooked In Black Panther Yes for sure um, I know her story um, But it's difficult To define her as a person Beyond she's tough And powerful And exceptional you yeah. know? Where's the complexity In her character yeah. Um, yeah she is a strong Female protagonist But perhaps now It's time to move Beyond that Into complex female protagonists, yeah, that's right. Um She's no Sarah Connor or, or Ellen Ripley For example You know <laughs> Those characters were done in the 70s and the 80s. Um, also, yeah, like you mentioned, Nishana Dinch, I, I have to shout her out because I think she won't get as many headlines as Jude Law and Annette oh, Benning and yeah, Samuel course. Jackson and Clark Gregg. But I feel like in the, her small part, she stole the movie as Maria Rambo. Mm-hmm. She pops up halfway through, right, and totally did the emotional heavy lifting in yep. terms of yeah, shared chemistry and history. I agree. Um, and that's what the film needed. The, her first real scene in the kitchen table, trying to reconnect with Carol, right, is the best bit of acting in the entire movie. Agreed. Like suddenly, it's like, wow. Acting Yeah it's, it's, it's the
3: first time That Carol Danvers Seems human at all It was
1: a little like Jarring It was like Oh superhero Superhero Oh
0: acting, oh, acting. <laughs>
1: Whoa uh, She suddenly elevated Everything I was like Wow this is Far above and beyond What was needed there. Uh, More than Carol I think Maria Felt like the heart Of the movie But she's in it For far too little I mean mm-hmm. I guess all in all I, I liked it But didn't love it um a solid pass but an unremarkable debut also got to shout out the amazing Stanley cameos yep. which in our screening drew some ovations
2: yeah oh yeah the crowd yeah. was really receptive
1: uh, i mean first of all if you haven't seen the movie it opens with a nice uh, stanley montage you know instead of the usual marvel logo mm. Yep uh and then stanley pops up in the subway um Reading a script for Moretz. Yeah. So if you if you guys don't know, if you are too young, uh, Moritz was a Kevin Smith movies back in, a Kevin Smith movie back in the early eight, 90s Yeah. Uh, and Stanley had a cameo in that, and he only had just had one line. Uh, you know, um, true believers. You know, he was just reciting that line over and over again. Uh, Kevin Smith actually posted up a very tearful Instagram. He's very he was very good friends with Stanley uh, Of yeah. course, you know, uh, he didn't know that the that particular cameo was gonna happen, especially with regards to a movie that you know that's so close to his heart as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that was a really cool touch, la, One of my favorite bits of it. Um, how would you guys rate this overall? And any final thoughts?
2: Um, I'll actually give it a seven out of ten. Okay. Mm. Um, I had a lot of tremendous fun. Um, end Benning being, I mean, uh, Marvel mm. wasn't too much of a controversial topic for me, lah. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, as la. problematic, right? Right, mm. gender swap, lah. Gender swap, la. so Yeah, I don't really care.
1: Everybody was expecting it to be Jude Law, right? I liked yeah, it.
3: I
2: liked it too. I liked it. I, I liked that Yan Rock was Jude Law.
3: Yeah. And he, oh, he. I felt Jude Law just phoned home the role, man.
2: No, no, but I like that it wasn't. I mean, he wasn't um the supreme intelligence. Yeah, for mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, or oh, he wasn't Marvel, sorry. Yeah. 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 He's actually the Mandarin, no? I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah. so Which so is the other twist yeah. that comic book fans well, hate. So, now. what I meant by I like that Jude Law was Yan Rock is that. At least Marvel wasn't paid by her phoning in to Law. La. Yes, that is <laughs> true. That yeah,
3: is very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, how about you, Aisha? How'd you rate this? Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. I think like it is good. I had fun. And I think it's important in the grand scheme of what the MCU is trying to do with this particular phase that they're trying to wrap up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still a good movie. It's not great. Um, but overall, pretty fun.
1: Yeah, um, I'll give it slightly lower. I'll give it a 6. It's a pass. Um, I like this movie I mean, it's a moderate recommendation uh, n- Nothing too much to complain about uh, My only problem is just It was a little too safe and, um, I'm, uh, and I realise I'm grading this on a different scale Because MCU movies have come such a long way mm-hmm. Because if Captain Marvel had maybe come out in 2008 I uh, would have, have, have given more, this a yeah. higher rating for sure But I've come to expect more la. Yeah. yeah. Um, next up, we'll be reviewing uh, One of the best horror movies of this month uh, what well, fuck, oh, yeah. fuck, fuck that lah. La. Yeah. Might this be one of the best horror movies of the year. Uh, we're talking about Jordan Peele's follow-up to his Oscar-winning debut, mm-hmm. Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh so good. It's uh it's a it's glorious la. It's a symphony of fear. It's an ambitious sci-fi allegory and a pitch-black comedy about you know the haves and the have-nots. Yep. Uh, in my opinion, there is no sophomore slump here. Us uh, is engaging Funny and terrifying But in a very different way Than Get Out was mm. um, You know I've said this a, a few times before uh, But much like Comedy Horror comes from a very dark And socially observant place You know So it makes sense That Jordan P Will be a master at both um, Some people are confused Why How You know But I mean If you think about Where comedy comes from It really does make sense la. Um, that, So therefore There is metaphor and commentary here uh, Some transcendent And some complex ones But in a vacuum I think it works as a straightforward horror thriller. Mm. Uh, if you don't want to take any of the subtext, just like if you're gonna take it at face value, it works as a like a home invasion movie. Yeah. Um, it is has, you know, it's filled with wonderful acting, especially from Lupita Nyong'o and in fact the entire cast, like, who yeah. who is tasked with doing um, mm. dual roles. Um, there are active and likable protagonists, which is rare for a genre that, you know, frequently banks on passive victims. Yeah. Um, Yes, effective scares You know, some creative set pieces in there um, And some breathtaking imagery You know, with dual meaning um, So, it, like I said If you wanna, if want to turn your brain off And take it at face value You can still enjoy this But if you want to dig deeper uh, Boy, there's a lot to that sector In terms of it, subtext But in a very different way Than Get Out was Because mm. Get Out was more thematically concise yeah. uh, And I think the subtext here Is more broadly applicable To uh, different forms of societal uh, Oppression or class divisions yeah. What do you guys think about uh, us?
2: Trump's America. Trump's America, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh,
1: a lot of people have pointed out that us can also be referring to the US, like the United States. Yeah, you know?
2: So that was my immediate yeah. pickup when I was watching it. La, yeah. About the rise of uh, a weird um, subculture. Yeah. Or ra- ra- rather, the rise of a new type of culture within America itself. Yeah. This weird, very divisive, uh, very dangerous kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, I actually like the brisk. Story, uh, world building mm-hmm. that Jordan Pew actually had uh, on the, you know, the using the subway lines, the subway lines as uh, the, like, all these uh, miles and miles of uh, subway stations and lines, underground tunnels, underground tunnels, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's actually an experiment la, mm-hmm. that the government has uh, had in place just so that they could actually clone humans. Um, sort of Essential. copy, yeah.
1: psy- duplicate. duplicate, psychically linked. Yeah, yeah, but
2: they don't have the soul. You know that kind of thing, la.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. we won't delve into too much spoiler territory. Yeah, sure. yeah, we try to we're trying to keep it as vague because I think like it's important for you to go in fresh and make up your own mind yeah. and interpret the subtext how I you guess, want I it. Guess, la. Yeah. Yeah,
2: la. but that whole idea, that world building was actually very brisk and nice mm-hmm. and added a lot of color to the entire movie. Yeah, for me, um, I love the f- the family, mm. the four of them. Uh, great acting by Duke Winston. Winston Duke. Winston Duke, sorry. Yeah. Duke Winston suffers. Eh? Winston is uh, what, his title in Indian. Yeah, his title in <laughs> <his laughs> Duke, Duke Winston. <laughs> Winston. <laughs> Maybe the first black Duke, I think. <laughs> the English and Baku, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the English and Baku. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, he he, he was great. Winston yeah. Duke, you know, he, how he played um this two black, uh, uh, two white. Uh, uh, sorry, how you say this? A black man trying to be too black, la. Uh, or basically you know I mean? like uh, a, a white man Inside a black man uh, You know he's yeah. one of
1: those Like really uh, like, like a nerdy black man Like one of those Like you know 90s sitcoms Portrayal of black people Yeah You know like They, they needed to be like Not as edgy And a bit more palatable To the white audience Yeah so he, He's that kind that of guy kind. Yeah, yeah
2: Like nerdy But like His characteristics are nice how, how he was very loyal To his family How he was very protective Yeah Solid You know jokes. And all the dead jokes. Oh my god! Yeah, you're yeah. right. But overall, yeah, it was a, it was great. It was great. Jordan Peele really does not suffer from a slumber.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Isa? Uh,
3: I think what was most interesting for me, right, is just the way that Peele has decided to play with the tension and the humor at the same time. Uh, that's not something that we kind of got in Get Out, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was a bit more. Um, Linear Or at least the pacing Of the way that he built Tension was very very different It was more long drawn mm-hmm. He tried to hold you For longer periods of time I just noticed That the audience In the cinema That we were watching In were extremely Uncomfortable mm. For most periods of time Because they didn't know Whether to be afraid Or, or to, to laugh. laugh Yeah, Right so there were A lot of nervous giggling We had some uh, We had some patrons Who were there Who like just Couldn't stop laughing mm-hmm. uh, Even though like There were points in time Where you Nobody would have
2: I mean they were really the noisy that was a very noisy audience
3: it was mm-hmm. a very noisy audience yeah. and I, I thought it was it was fascinating right just like yeah. in the way because in the middle of these really frightful moments or just after frightful moments right you got a great piece of comedy like right in there and you want to laugh yeah you know and at the same time so like the release of tension is very different right you have one that is released by the, the humor that comes into play and then you have the tension that is released by actually experiencing the fear and that and um the shuffling of those within the movie itself i thought was very fascinating uh mm. itself yeah uh and I, I i'm just wondering if that was um i'm just wondering if that was kind of uh, how intentional that was right mm-hmm. given that uh, what i feel the subtext is about is a very uncomfortable uh thing to talk about or mm-hmm. even to hear about
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I do agree lah. Um, in the end, I feel like the only slight drawbacks are that um, its twist ending is very predictable. Mm. Um, I did enjoy the allegory, however. I mean, about a literal underclass. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, it's mostly about the haves and the half nots. Uh, how we view otherness and you know the more obvious metaphor of our constant struggle against the worst versions of ourselves lah. Um, I think it's beautifully executed uh, The allegory while potent Is uh, something I've seen before though mm. uh, Nevertheless It's still a great movie And it's a good chance Of ending up in my top 10 At the end of the year um, Right now it ranks very highly But you know There's a lot of movies That haven't come out yet still um, It's still mm-hmm. It's it's an 8 out of 10 for me high,
2: high recommendation
3: Yep, It's an 8 out of 10 for me too
1: Yeah How about
2: you eh? um, I'm gonna give it an 8 out of 10 uh, Definitely because I did not fall asleep Throughout the movie Oh yes nice. I was awake
1: yeah, possibly because of like the audience uh, noise. No, no, no. I I fell asleep Blade Runner, guys. But then uh, okay, okay. Uh, Blade Runner was a more contemplative,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh yeah. withdrawn movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, okay. So next up, we'll be talking about um a couple of animated projects. Uh, first one is coming out on Netflix. Actually, both are streaming. Um, first one coming out on Netflix. It is created by Deadpool director Tim Miller and famed Altior. David Fincher It's called Love, Death and Robots Mm. It's uh, Netflix's new And very 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 Not safe for work Animated anthology series Mm. uh, That presents I guess An all you can eat Buffet Of sci-fi and fantasy It's what this Podcast was made for (laughs) Um, And all of the stories Are short uh, they range from 5 to 17 minutes each. Um, episodes vary wildly in tone, from absurdist comedy to epic action to gory horror. To sci fi. Sci fi. Um, and the animation styles also can range, you know, from hand drawn anime mm. to ultra realistic, photorealistic CG motion capture animation yeah. to Saturday morning cartoons to yeah. the adult swim kind of style. Yeah. Um, so I like the different range and variety. There's a there's something for every taste here, uh, And and the mocap was so good. The mocap yeah. like blew my mind. Like um there were there was even one live action one starring um Tofu Grace, Grace and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which confused me for a bit yes. because I thought it was mocap for a while. And that's how good the mocap was, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there is no overarching unifying theme to this anthology, unlike Black Mirror. Yeah. Uh, so there is something for every taste in this delightful and quite frankly visually dazzling um, genre mm. uh, conopia. Uh, it feels like a love letter to genre storytelling. Actually, um, as with all anthologies, there are a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, but all the episodes feature eye-popping visuals, assortment of cool ideas, and guess what? Even if you don't like them, they're brief enough that they are easy to breeze through. It's not yeah. like you know a black uh, a bad black mirror episode. You, you need like 45 minutes. Yeah, you know? or to an hour. You know. Yeah. Um. So. I think that's good I think the operative word here For this show Is cool Like yeah. They, they, they work under the thesis Of let's make something cool Okay uh, There is no real unifying theme Outside of Make this shit look As cool as possible Okay um, I think that's the short And succinct thesis So I'm gonna pose Two questions to each of you Firstly What are your overall thoughts Of the show as a whole the Pros and cons And secondly Name your favourite episode And why
2: Okay Ken yeah. Simple enough Simple enough Um <laughs> The first one I'll say that I feel that Because Netflix gave I mean I saw Some of the creators Posting up um, The creators for The first one um Sony's, Sony's, Sony's H. What? Sony's Edge Sonny's Edge Yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so wait The uh, Fight Club Correct So And for the one with The, the girl with the, um the dragon tattoo What? Uh, close enough uh, The Witness The Witness Yeah Where The, the, the creators the were talking About how Netflix Gave them total freedom. No censorship, no nothing. Do balls out, whatever you want to do. But Netflix
1: does that for every show. No,
2: I know, I know. But like, to, 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 to see it in animation is relatively new. I, I haven't really seen a non uh, NSFW animation On Netflix in a while. On Netflix, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know Adult Swim does that. Yeah,
2: Adult Swim is a whole other yeah, ball game. La. Ball yeah. game la. Yeah. But, yeah, so... And to see freedom unleashed... Unbridled like this Was quite fun la. Mm. And because it's such short uh, 17 short stories Im- Essentially right yeah. 16, 17, 16? 18 Around that Around mm. that you know yeah. Really short Easy to consume Um, They just threw everything They could la, Onto the wall la, See what stuck like It felt like that mm-hmm. And majority of it Was good mm. I would say maybe One or two was kind of boring
1: Okay I'm, I'm actually more half-half I liked half of it And half of it yeah. I didn't
2: like I was okay with most of it la. Okay uh, but my favourite actually Would be Lucky 13 Lucky
1: 13 Tell yeah. me why And why is it about okay.
2: The mocap la. The mocap Yeah the it mocap was insanity I yeah.
3: mean did it feel to you Like it was a very well done version Of Starship Troopers Like the animated series Kind yeah, yeah, kinda. of course. Yeah, yeah. kind of uh, It
2: had that element to it It uh, it had an element of um, You know Top Gun mm. You know with the planes and all that mm. Less of the fighter But yeah, Kind of thing lah. Yeah. La. Mm. But the relationship between man and machine mm. that was very beautifully explored in such a short amount of time. Mm. You know, you just had little hints that the machine was alive by when you had the perspective of the uh, the, the plane looking at, uh, I want to say, Posey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Posey, right? From Orange is <laughs> right? the New Black. Yeah, it's Posey. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's Posey. It's Samara Wiley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, how, um, she, and how she also resonated with the machine, uh, you know, the way that she uh survived the first mission, the way she touched the, the 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 nameplate and eventually how she did not want to abandon the plane. Mm-hmm. you know so in seventeen minutes they did that. Mm. It was amazing how much emotion was I was I, I was, uh, I was in involving in it. Like, I know it's not the most artistic one or the most um like mind uh, mind mindfuck, fucked um, thing like It has a very simple, very straightforward story, mm. but the mocap was great. The emotional attachment I had to it was awesome. Mm. Um, that's why Lucky Thirteen la. I don't. I I know that. I know what's your favorite. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't take that one. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Mm. Um, how about you, isa
3: Oh, I think for me, uh, in general, as an anthology, definitely one of the better sci-fi anthologies that we've gotten in recent years. I think there are more hits than there are misses in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hits are there For like different things I was very wowed by Some of the CGI And mocap for some So like Sony's Edge I really like The monster design in that I really like the monster design In Beyond Aquila Mm. uh, As well Like especially near the end I was just like Kind of blown away um uh, by that entire scene. Uh the witness has an amazing dance scene which I couldn't believe was um CGI mm-hmm. in the yes. first place. Yeah. Right? Uh, and all of that was really um solid for me uh in those things. But what blew me away even more was just the kind of very tight, very concise storytelling and character development that these Um, Writers were able to Push out Over such a short period of time Mm -hmm. And so things like Zima Blue And like Mm -hmm. Suits I really really liked uh just because I felt very keenly for the characters that they in a very short amount of time. Mm. Um but for me definitely I think good hunting is my favorite mm-hmm. just because of its animation style mm. and the fact that it has all the things that I love, right? Mm. It has uh Japanese mythology, you have your Yao Kui, you have your steampunk, steampunk stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. And like it's it's all it, it it's it's like an you know, Otaku's wet Wait, dream. Is it uh. Japanese or Chinese? Chinese. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Chinese. The, uh, sorry, but I mean animation yeah. style Or Japanese. Yeah, the oh, yeah, 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 style. yeah, 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 yeah. So kind of manga inspired. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So like, I mean, like that's all. Like it was very uh neat. Uh, it was one of those things that I would have gladly thought of as a pilot and hope to watch a series for. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, actually all of them. Felt yes, like yes. Uh, I was actually watching this with my brother. Uh, and once we finished uh Sunny's Edge. Uh, we were just like Oh wow I can't wait to see Like Monster Fight Club Like I no. really want to see Monster like, Fight mm-hmm. Club yeah. You know The uh, Tenement Arc You know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah exactly Right so
1: uh, Except wow. the whole show Is a Tenement Arc right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah So it was really good That's my That's kind of my personal favourite yeah. I do have a lot That I really really like mm-hmm. Um Like throughout the entire thing But um Yeah Standout for me Will be the, the just a the couple That I've mentioned
0: Yeah
1: mm. Um. I think for me As a whole Um for the positives It's uh, obviously very visually striking yep. um, Every episode um, The ideas and concepts Can perhaps be trophy trophy I guess um, Especially for veteran Genre fans like us uh, But the design is astonishing And since each episode Is such a short investment Even the less fulfilling ones Or more ephemeral stories Don't take up too much time uh, unlike other anthologies I enjoy the sheer variety Of stories on offer here So mm. it's not so limited By theme You know ranging from Monsters and mechas To spirits And space adventure
2: To Russians
1: Russians yeah I mean um, <laughs> that It means that uh, Love, Death and Robots Never feels repetitive And always feels fresh And imaginative uh, On the downside The majority of these stories While interesting Like emotional stakes and properly flesh out characters, but that that is um, as expected because of the runtime. Uh which is why the episodes that stood out to me are the ones that efficiently make use of his brief running time to tell a big story that takes place over years and has still feels intimate and emotionally nuanced. Uh like Isa, good hunting is my favorite la. Mm. It's based on a Ken Liu short story actually, it's a two-parter. You can read it online right now. Yeah. Uh it's really, really good. Um it's it's Thanks for the link by the way. No worries. Um it's a great story about you know a wondrous story la, about a young boy. Uh, son of a spirit hunter uh, first it begins you know his first hunt of his dad to his coming of age story as a young man then his eventual travel to hong kong to work for his newly arrived english colonial masters uh, it's also a love story of sorts between a young man and a fox spirit known as a huli jing i think yeah. jing, yeah. uh, so i mean from its initial crouching tiger hidden dragon stout opening fight with a demon to an unexpected detour into a sci-fi steampunk climax um, it tells a personal story and has emotional progress in terms of hating and then loving the unknown. La. And it does all this in 15 minutes, you know. Um, as well as telling a broader story about the world's progress from the spiritual through the technological, through the industrial revolution, and through colonialism. Um, both sides, spirit and technology, may seem different, but they're both pretty magical and equally brutal, la, depending on how you want to look at it or use it. It's a, it's a beautiful story. I really, really loved it. La. Um, overall, I think I'll rank... Oh wait, I'm gonna get your ratings first How would you rate this?
2: Fine <laughs> Yeah Um, I'll give it a solid 8 la. Okay Just because majority of it I enjoyed majority of the, the, the short films mm-hmm. uh, I love the mocap I cannot, cannot emphasize how good the mocap was in this mm. Yeah um, But yeah 8 out of 10 Because I only had a day I only needed a day to watch that the entire thing 3 yeah. hours la, <laughs> Yeah kinda. And it was great It was yeah. so much fun What about you Isa?
3: Uh I'm going to get an 8 out of 10. I think it averages out. I had a lot of 10s. Like, Good Hunting was a 10. Zebra Blue was a 10. Uh, And it kind of uh, averages out to about an 8. I highly recommend it. Like, Mm. it's just so interesting. um, Like, the whole breadth of what these animators and writers have done Mm -hmm. uh, with Netflix money. And no restrictions. And I hope to see a lot more of it. Right nice um, I would actually
1: Read it re- a little lower. It. It's a 7 out of 10 For me um, I really like it But uh, I've, I didn't enjoy To me uh, to, to be honest The majority of the stories Were just okay mm. uh, Only a f- Select few Were like Really really great um, and I, I guess I'm more of a story guy than an animation guy. So I mean, I th- to me like the technical stuff is like window dressing, mm, and then um, the core of the story is what I really focus on. And I think maybe half of it, like stuff stuff like Ice Age and um, the three robots and the cat uh, thing and alternate histories and a bunch of them seem very too slight, lah. Okay. Uh, so seven out of ten mm. for me, lah. Uh, and and before we move on, was that opening titles intentionally reminiscent of Black Mirror?
2: Right it had The sound the, the Even the sound sounded Yes. Unlike, yes. right The sound design was okay. very very similar so I, I thought that was just me
1: Is that like the, the Netflix way of saying This is a sci-fi anthology
3: <laughs> It might be yeah. It might be
1: <laughs> uh, Speaking of uh, Animated m- And mechas And Great action animation uh, we're, we're gonna go into uh, Another Streaming Um, Series This time from Rooster Thief Which Mm. is a website Uh, If you're not familiar With Rooster Thief They do RWBY Mm. They do Red vs Blue Which are already Minor hits But I think like Genlock Feels like a next step for Rooster Teeth Specifically la. For sure I may, may, Maybe not in the context Of animation in general But for Rooster Teeth As a brand This feels like Their most developed work And their most Fully fleshed out work mm. um, I think this mecha Action series Is uh, quite engaging um, It's clearly inspired By you know Mobile Suit Gundam And yeah. <laughs> Pacific Rim la. But uh, I think It stands on its own Because it feels More grounded And focused on Emotional investment uh, I think like The first Couple of episodes Which they release Simultaneously It instantly hooks you With this emotional And tragic love story And then it world builds After that So the character development Is ace But let's be real uh, You're you're here to watch Giant robots fighting right Yep that's right Uh, And when the action hits It's actually really Really well choreographed It's incredibly fluid I'm um, Friendly sequenced mm-hmm. um, I like action That I can follow That's coherent Yes uh, You know Unlike Transformers Which is the The most absurd example I can I can think of uh, Plus it's voice cast You know Michael B. Jordan uh, Macy Williams Dakota Fanning David Tennant Etc uh, It's top notch um, I like it The only I think downside is that the emotional focus of the first two episodes is sort of dissipate sort of dissipates throughout the second half of the season. Yep. Uh and it becomes a more action oriented show. Um I mean that being said the action is great so I didn't mind it too much. But the character work is an afterthought in the second half of the season so a bit of a downside for me. What do you guys think?
2: Honestly um Jen was an okay series for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't I mean Rooster Teeth is something that um you know it's kind of like red versus blue is kind of my my l- favourite like when I was growing up you know <laughs> yeah. back in university yeah I still remember watching it it was hilarious because it was on his take on Halo multiplayer right 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 and, right and how slowly it became its own thing la. Yeah. it was parodying Halo and it became red and blue yeah red versus blue and it had really good humour mm. and I felt that I was expecting too much um from Rooster Teeth la, When it came to Genlock mm. I felt the writing Was a bit Shoddy at times yeah. mm. um, But I mean If you think back to RWBY
1: 1 uh, Season 1 <laughs> And Red vs <versus> Blue Season <laughs> 1 correct, correct correct You know they were like More shoddy you No know, of course yeah,
2: But then when you compare it To season 10 Right right Yeah you know, but I mean Yeah that sort of thing la, But yeah, because we were already Exposed to like that, uh, Better writing by the end you know, So I expected mm. a bit more From Genlock I guess mm. But like what you said, the action scenes I felt was where the focus was, mm. and thank God they did that well la, mm. because I felt that carried the entire series. Mm. Um, overall character development is fine, and love story is very. Uh, she has a boyfriend, like chill. Yeah, <laughs> you got no penis. <laughs> no, he no. doesn't. But well, I guess, oh no, it's only his upper body. It's only right, his upper yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, okay. <laughs> jokes aside. Yeah. Um. Okay la I mean the voice acting Was actually quite decent Yeah Um There was the girl With the Spanish accent mm-hmm. I can't remember the character Um Yeah she was That one a bit shoddy sometimes
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like she lost uh, it
2: Like I felt like That one needed Like if she could speak in Spanish mm-hmm. I think it would be even better. Mm. Or whatever her native language is. Like
1: la. the Japanese guy who's always o- only spoken Japanese. Like yeah,
2: which made yeah, which also made more sense. you know. Yeah. So I felt that if they, they, they kept the, the actors to their native mm-hmm. languages, mm-hmm. it would have resonated better. Mm. Um, yeah, just I hope the the, the dialogue improves mm. over time. Um, there were witty moments um, which I appreciated. Uh, I like that they felt like a team mm. by the end of it. Yeah, like yeah. You could see, oh, this is actually... Quite a decent team uh, You know Fighting Whatever Mm. Uh, So yeah I like that The team building The mind melding
1: Which kind of takes uh, The Pacific Ring concept To a a next level Yeah yeah. Multiple people
2: And how they actually Like really went into Like explaining All those things to us Right I kind Mm -hmm. of liked it Some people were bothered By it saying There's too much information Yeah You know But for me I like world building So these sort of things Make sense Yeah exactly So yeah Good on them Cool Uh, I
1: guess let's just wrap it up with like yeah. that was your thoughts, what's your rating and then we'll move Oh on. yeah
2: sorry.
3: Um I'll rate it uh six and a half
1: out okay. of ten. How yeah. about you Isa
3: Oh, uh, okay so a couple of quick thoughts. Um I I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, but I think like having been exposed to a lot of the um the material that inspired Genlock, right? Uh it aspires to a great amount of great content. Especially from anime. Mm. Uh, and nothing... There's very little that's original mm. about what they're trying to do. Uh, even from the character designs, you've got your Overwatch rip-off with mm-hmm. Widow. And uh, and I can name like off the top of my head, probably there are like five to six animes that they draw kind of directly from. Mm-hmm. In terms of even the technology that they're talking about, uh, the concepts of mind-melding, even some of the mecha designs are also very, very familiar. Uh, the voice cast was great. You mm. know, and I think Rooster Teeth has come a long way But in terms of the standard of what's out there in the world right now As far as mecha and storytelling At least on the Japanese uh, side of the world mm. um, It's quite lackluster in my mm. opinion um, It's great on Rooster Teeth I think that this is the logical next step Given the jump that they made from the time that RBWI got cancelled into yeah. Season 5 yeah. Where they got a huge budget increase and everything kind of uh, went up from there uh they still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. I do hope that Genlock continues and it finds its own space and its own voice because right now it really is just an amalgamation of, of quite a number of ripoffs, in cool. my opinion. Uh but that being said, I thought uh it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh the action is already very good for something that is, that um, they have not done before mm. Like even for RBWY It's never been that level yeah. You know Of animation And or choreography And I hope they keep That up as well mm. It's a 6 for me
1: Right yep. uh, Yeah I mean for an in, Can you call them I guess they are An indie studio yeah. Most definitely I'm, I'm impressed la, Because you know They don't have the The backing the of like a Sony Or yeah. Marvel Or like the big Animation studios Over in Japan Uh, So I mean I'm kind of greeting On the curve there la. So yeah. I'll, I'll rate it about the same uh, As I did Love Death Robot 7 out of 10 uh, Mostly the downsides Are that I've seen it before Most of most of mm. the episodes I've seen it before Tropy like. yeah. yeah. Uh, But you know um, Clichés are clichés For a reason And as long as they're done Well Cause enough it works Yeah Because they work yeah. uh, And if they're done well enough I can accept it mm. And because you know Short 8 episodes mm. 20 minutes each Uh, Not a big time investment Not a big time investment I I enjoyed it for what it was Mm. 7 out of 10 Uh, Okay We're gonna We're gonna keep Talking about animation Right now It's animation all the way Uh, This time We're going We're going to the heart Of anime uh, Japan The return of Mob Psycho 100 uh, Which is One of the In my opinion One of the best series I think I saw in 2016 Or was it 2015 I forgot when it came out Mob Psycho Uh, 100 Season mm, 1 2016 2016 right Yeah um, after One Punch Man I, yeah, exactly, and and like One Punch Man, it had the similar kind of humor, uh, satire of um kind of the shonen tropes and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna be talking about the long-awaited season two of Mob Psycho One Hundred. Um, as of this recording, we haven't seen the final episode of Mob Psycho One Hundred yet, which yep. is the boss fight, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we've seen you know ninety-nine percent of it, so I think it's enough to render a review because even if the final episode is the worst thing I've ever seen, it's still a phenomenal season. Yeah, so it I has mean, mm. so that's regardless, la. Uh, season two of Motorcycle 100, I think it's 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 pure joy. I really loved it. <laughs> um, this continues, I think, to be the rare anime that rewards empathy and kindness yep. over strength and power. Um, fights are usually a deplorable last resort, yep. and and villains are rehabilitated, all of them, instead of being <laughs> destroyed. Um, the mundane is definitely balanced with, with the fantastical. Yeah. Uh, treating small, emotionally complex character driven stories with as much importance as hugely epic psychic battles, and I do have to say that the animation here is so dazzling and wildly colorful. Although a slight step down from season one. Agree. Um, Shigeo specifically, and and even Raigen who is his uh, conman uh, mentor, uh, their personal journeys are richly compelling this season. Um, especially in the episode where an evil an evil spirit traps Mob in an alternate reality. Uh, and then you know he's without his powers, um, and you know his uh instead of being bitter and disenfranchised, his suffering from being victimized only enhances his optimistic nature. Mm. Uh, he endeavours to be more grateful and to help the world become a less cruel place. Uh, or when Mob split splits from Rigan's agency, uh, and Rigan has to confront the fact that he has no real friends. And actually grows into a more well-adjusted person from that re- realization. Yep. Um, this isn't part of the larger arc involving, you know, the evil Espo organization, Claw, but it's handled with just as much care. Uh, small episodes about, you know, mob exercising to run a marathon, <laughs> or the massive climax against the hits of Claw, yep. all have value and are filled with so much heart. Uh, I think Mob as a character And as a show Is really concerned About moral philosophy Yeah Um, I think the last The second to last episode Which is the one we just saw You know here Mob has a great I guess um, Philosophical exchange With the final boss line. I enjoyed it more Than I enjoyed the fight Uh, Yes Yes the, I think the show's quirky sense of humour Continues to shine Much like One Punch Man mm-hmm, Like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier It enjoys using anti-climax And understatement as punchlines yeah. To subvert shonen tropes uh, It never forgets that it, it's a comedy la, But when it does commit to the action It is so tense and thrilling and impressive yeah. Some of the best action you'll see in anime and Anywhere la, I, have, I think the show is really impressive
3: What, mm-hmm. do, you, what do you think? Uh, I mean Okay, for season one When One Punch Man, uh, one Punch Man came out and then, like, shortly after Mob Psycho, I, always a lot of comparisons being drawn, right? Because same same uh, mangaka for both of them. Uh, but where One Punch Man deals with satire and in sarcasm and in, like, uh, balls-to-wall, like, ridiculousness, right? Mm. And the whole, like, uh, revelry in that. Uh Mob Psycho has a lot of heart, mm. which is something that, Quite honestly, we don't get in, in modern anime today, right? Shonen especially. Uh, like especially him. in the shonen genre of things. Yeah. Um, I think you've covered most of the major points. Uh, you can't um, really shake off this, this very substantial growth that um, Shigeo goes through, especially in Season 2, right? Mm-hmm. As compared to Season 1. And all the little, little things that makes him who he is as he comes into his own uh, is really... Quite fascinating, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, still, one of the um, best action out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really comes close at the moment in terms of the enemy, she- yeah. the sheer visual flair of it. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and not like kind of like leaning into that. It uh, leaning into the whole like gore and violence thing, which which is most common nowadays, right? The yeah, Devil um, Baby, etc. And so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think a lot of the psychic. Um, manifestations of, of, of their powers um, Is very apt And is very um, Is very you know it's just Properly f- fleshed out And visualised mm-hmm. right In a way that Say okay yeah That makes sense to me You mm-hmm. know even though it, It's kind of like Pushing the boundaries Of what you're gonna be Seeing in animation Right mm-hmm. now Yeah Yeah um, yeah. so overall Like for me Mob Psycho In general as a franchise Has been really really good For season 2 um, Despite the fact that The fight scenes Are a bit less Front and centre
1: It makes up for it With the emotional development mm, Right yeah, yeah so
3: it's easily An 8 out of 10 for me
1: Yeah uh, I'm giving it slightly higher 8.5 out of 10 Very Uh, nice. One of the one of the best things We've watched uh, this month mm. uh, Next up We'll be delving into A small segment Called Quick Hits Where I will be talking about Some of the movies TV shows And this one Sometimes you know I'll include some podcasts Here as well uh, Of things that my co-hosts Have not been able to read Watch or listen to Over the past because month Because you have jobs Because have jobs And it is my job To uh, um, I guess Consume pop culture So here I am With my thoughts
2: I'm only going to jump in on one Okay uh, uh,
1: actually, uh, anything you wanna jump in on, you can. Sure. Uh, even if you have thoughts on something you haven't seen yet, uh, the first one is the one I'm gonna spend the most time on because it's the best thing that I think I'm reviewing this month. La, okay. in, in general, it's it's a movie called Border. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, this movie was actually Sweden's nominee for best foreign language film, uh, at this year's Oscars. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that if Roma was didn't exist, right, this, this movie, won. this movie would have won. I promise you that la. Uh, but, you know, uh, Roma is Roma It's <laughs> uh, Can't be beat uh, it's, it's that good Anyway, it's directed by this guy called Ali Abasi uh, And it's written by the writer of Let the Right One In uh, Both the novel and the movie The Swedish one, uh, not the American one uh, Border is very oddly poignant And a uniquely unforgettable movie uh, And it's probably the most uniquely unforgettable movie you'll see this year la. It's part you know magic realist fantasy And part romantic drama And part crime thriller it's a very grounded genre-bending effort that's just masterful. Okay, so you wanted to know the premise, right? Yeah. Um, it follows a customs agent named Tina, who is uh, physically deformed. Uh, she looks, you know, her entire visage is actually quite grotesque, uh, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but she's a, a good person. Uh, and the emotional undercurrent of the story this is how lonely she is, uh, you know, living in society's margins because of how she looks. Uh, people either ignore her or take advantage of her need for companionship. Okay, so here's the thing Tina works in customs So she becomes um, How do I say this? Uh? She works in customs because she has a seemingly preternatural ability to sniff out guilt She can smell human emotions like shame and rage and fear Which makes her good at catching you know, smugglers or terrorists Because yeah. you know, they will be feeling those things And half of the movie's plot centers around uh, a businessman that she arrests Who possesses a hard drive of child pornography um, and huh? yeah I mean due to her ability She's kind of roped in By the police To help find the people Behind this child pornography ring uh, So but she's a
2: bit of An esper kind of character
1: But that's just a side plot Although it does Tie into the shocking climax But so I won't spoil that But the big thing is that She meets another person At a border crossing Sharing the same Physical deformities as her So feeling a sense of connection For the first time They fall in love And that's where The romance comes in uh since the trailer already implies this I'm okay telling you guys about the reveal cuz you know it's in the trailer and honestly it's ground level setup. La. Um the man that she meets informs her that she's not a human at all uh that she's actually a troll. Uh and her discovery of her biology is um, emotionally cathartic because you know she doesn't feel like a freak anymore. I am I'm Part natu- of something I'm part of something I'm a natural uh, person i like, I'm I'm like
2: all this time That she's been out of place la.
1: Correct, correct She was actually adopted ah, okay.
2: uh,
1: So she's just being, You know In the wrong crowd la, So to speak uh, But it also Doesn't shy away From very gross depictions Of her biology and nature um, As a troll As a troll on, on the minor end There are you know The naked bodies And the bug eating On the more disturbing end Are the very Very graphic sex scenes And you know Troll genitalia How they work How they're different What they are Troll porn um no it's not porn <laughs> at all la. but <laughs> i I, I, guess, I guess if you were a troll you 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 like get the on but it is so gross like it's it verges on body horror uh because you know she i don't want describe describe but you know a lot of like genitalia okay, 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 okay. yeah it's it's quite gross lah so um their reproductive functions of a troll of, of a troll la. it's fascinating uh, but also very unsettling um the acting in this is phenomenal i think the animalistic physicality of the trolls is very un hollywood because it leads it leans into the Body horror somewhat You know
2: But this feels gross
1: There's something primal About like It's just inside your gut You feel like This is not right You know Kind of thing like About, okay, the, w- okay, about okay. the way they ah, act Ah okay. okay Yeah 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 I get that So this isn't like The the sexy demons Or the buff werewolves You no, no, in no, CW, no, no, You know no. what I mean Everything from the snarl, snarl To their mannerisms uh, To their body features Makes you feel frightened on a natural, On a primordial level uh, Like I think like I don't know Like maybe we might have Encountered trolls in the past Well that's, that's very hard oh, To unlock uh, man Yeah yeah uh, you, once you see it you, you can tell me why la, Why this, this kind of imagery Is the stuff of nightmares Okay Even if Tina's personality Is kind and gentle And she's helping bust A child pornography ring you Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, And it's that humanity In Tina That gives the film It's emotional heft It's a very artful And uncomfortably realistic Portrait of how Diminished outsiders can feel And how easy it would be For them to succumb To hatred and retribution Uh, The fact that Tina doesn't While reconciling So many heavy revelations About her genetic history Makes for a Very compelling protagonist Uh, This is a 9 out of 10 For me Whoa. Uh, Border is now available On digital and Blu-ray But if you want to catch it On a big screen It's also showing At Golden Village uh, Santex, specifically By our favourite If you're in Singapore uh? If you're in Singapore uh, By our favourite Art house distributors Anticipate pictures
2: Because I just saw Our stats yeah. We have Majority of our Spotify listeners Are from America
1: America
2: California and Texas
1: I hope you liked Our us discussion What a weird
2: What a weird combination
1: Yeah Five. I don't know Our mixed Mixcloud listeners Are uh, weirdly enough Mostly from Vietnam And Thailand There we go So I guess uh, You can tell like Which platforms Are more heavily used In Asia And yeah. in America la. Sorry to sidetrack. That's not yeah part yeah, of. Yeah, our I know. Quiz. That's <laughs> <laughs> next up, I'll be reviewing Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> next up, we go from indie fantasy to indie sci-fi. Okay. Uh, with a brand new film called Prospects, the setting and premise is a little Firefly because it's a space western that yeah. feels like a combination of have you seen True Grit? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it feels like True Grit's survivalist frontier vibe. Okay. With the intelligence and aesthetic of Duncan Jones's
2: Moon. Oh, oh yeah moon, yeah, yeah right? Moon, the one with uh, what's her name?
1: Uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Oscar winner Sam Rockwell. Uh, so the film follows a teenage girl and her father traveling to a remote alien moon.
2: Oh, this is a true great time. Uh, yeah, okay. um,
1: aiming to strike it rich, they are working class people struggling to survive, but luckily they've they've secured a contract like, to harvest a large deposit of valuable gems hidden in the depths of of the moon's toxic forest. Like like, Like a gold rush like that Like a gold rush, exactly So this whole scenario evokes a sense of the gold rush from the old west And like a gold rush, just going into unforgiving terrain to dig for valuable gems isn't as straightforward as it seems They encounter a variety of disreputable characters ranging from criminals to mercenaries um, And they're all driven by greed So this is a very, very classic western just on an alien moon So it's a kind of a high concept genre mashup Done very lo-fi Because of his Very small budget And it works Because the atmosphere Is rich uh, And the world building Is so efficient And the character dynamics Are so striking um, Pedro Pascal From Narcos And Game of Thrones Is the biggest name Of the cast He's the star of it uh, And his delivery of um, Deadwood-esque uh, Western dialogue Is wonderful uh, you, you, you know that kind of dialogue Yeah right? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's hard for me to Like imitate I, I can't do it You know like Very David Milch Or Joss Whedon oh, Or Firefly clean, clean Eastwood no? yeah, If you've seen Westerns You know how they yeah, okay, talk okay, right? Okay, yeah 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 Uh, So I I like that But newcomer Sophie Thatcher I think is the first real role In a feature film How does she do? Um, She's a teen Very young I think 16, 15 Um, Her vulnerability and growth Is what the film hinges upon Plus if you're a fan of The Wire Like I know you are Hardy, yeah. um, You'll be happy to know That a couple of the villains Are played by Wire gangsters uh, Oh no First is uh Bubbles AKA Andre Bubbles uh, is a villain? Uh, Andre Rorio Yeah he plays like a cult leader Who no. is all on, on
2: the moon But it's Bubbles
1: Bubbles uh, And another is A mercenary played by Slim Charles Hey uh, Slim AKA Anwan Unwa- uh, Glover So the thing is right these two villains, you don't see their faces at all because they're covered in. Uh, oh, prosthetics. Suits. Oh, oh spacesuits. Space okay, yeah, they're okay. not aliens. They're no aliens. So oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 So they're covered at, uh, in spacesuits, la. But the thing is, la, I recognize their voice immediately. Wow. It's like, holy shit, this is the wire in the OS on a moon.
2: Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> I'm definitely going to catch this. Uh,
1: yeah, um, everything about this is awesome. Um, it's done on the cheap, but it looks cin- cinematic as fuck. La. It looks very like um, a Vimeo short film kind of. Okay. Uh, and its vibe feels very lived in. Uh, plus I adore the soundtrack. Uh, most of the film is caught by gorgeous Orchestrals by Daniel L K Caldwell, but there's also a lot of vintage South Asian tracks thrown in for some reason. Um, I think the girl, f- for somehow, has an iTunes filled with like 70s Thai funk and like 50s Chinese rock and roll and Bollywood dance music. So um, honestly, her f- her playlist feels like. It's curated by Darker Than Wax I don't Wow <laughs> So it adds like A splash of colour to it um, All in all It's an uh, engaging Smartly entertaining ride uh, okay. The only downside is I think the film is too brief And because of How long the, is it? Uh, it's 80 minutes-ish Oh wow That is short uh, So the climax feels a bit rushed la. Okay Yeah So it's uh, 8 out of 10 for me Okay uh, Next up I'll be reviewing a new series Starring Steve Buscemi Yet another afterlife workplace comedy You know, after The Good Place This seems to be very in trend It's called Miracle Workers It's a star started new comedy starring um, oh, as, as, I, as I mentioned I saw this trailer Yeah, Steve Buscemi He's um, right? Eli, uh, Daniel Radcliffe Yeah Yeah, yeah.
2: The guy from The Indian guy from Deadpool
1: <laughs> The Indian guy from Deadpool Right, the taxi driver Yes Yeah, uh, exactly So um, it deals with Um well okay First let me tell you It's based on a book By Simon Rich uh, I have what, what in God's name la. Uh-huh. So it's, it's exactly The same thing Same writer also He's okay. show, show running This show so um, it deals with uh, God Played by Steve Buscemi Who yeah. is busy with his hobbies yeah. So it's up to A low level angel Crick Played by Daniel Radcliffe And his fellow angels In the quote unquote Department of Prayer Response <laughs> To deal with Humanity's prayers It sounds a bit like The Good Place you know, A workplace comedy a bit, a bit. Dealing with the divine And considering the names Involved I was very excited
2: But not the workers Of the divine
1: Correct yeah. Yes uh, But unfortunately The laughs aren't really Plentiful enough The ideas aren't exciting enough Okay and The story isn't gripping enough um, I think Bushami is kind of Wasted on subpar material uh, So is Radcliffe for that matter um, The show lacks Um <laughs> You know charm And wit And feels bland mm. Despite all the many Oddball characters And situations it presents Oh the potential
2: was there Potential was there I yeah. know Uh,
1: so This is not a new good place It's a 3 out of 10
2: Oh yo 3 out of 10 Yeah God damn pre- It's pretty bad Yeah okay. God damn
1: yeah, Perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next up I'll be talking about The kid who would be king This is Joe Cornish's First movie i really excited yes, Yeah yes. it's his first movie In 8 years 8-9 eight, yeah. years Since Attack the Block You know the alien invasion Movie yeah, set yeah. in South London Where a street, gre- a street gang Who always Look and sound like They belong in a prime <laughs> music video <laughs> Or fight aliens um, So it was one of my favourite Sci-fi comedies of the time I was highly anticipating yeah. This one much like Hardy uh, This once again Involves English kids
2: This was aimed towards like your Children Children right children, yeah. Yeah.
1: This is a very kiddie show um, And it uses Specifically English humour But it's much broader And commercial And crowd pleasing Than his previous work Okay. It's his attempt At doing a Spielberg movie and and it largely succeeds. Like. Um, just quickly, the story is about Alex, who is your average kid until he stumbles upon the mythical sword. Excalibur. Excalibur. Now he must unite his friends into a band of knights. And together with Merlin, played by Patrick Stewart, wonderfully am I that? Yeah. Uh take on the Wicked Enchantress Morgana. Oh. Um it's the kind of more than Arthurian tale for kids that I've seen in Troll Hunters, for example. Yeah. Uh and while it's not as good as Troll Hunters, this is still pretty fun in its own right. It's a very the keyword here is fun la. Yeah. It's fluffy It's energetic It's uh, a popcorn movie True and true feels? Yeah It's it's a diluted uh, The Goonies Oh uh, So it's a perfectly Serviceable popcorn experience I seven
2: mean I saw the trailer yeah. And I saw the part When they were Opening the round table Yeah That yeah. was cute Funny right? Yeah,
1: uh, 7 out of 10 7 out of 10 okay. Really solid like Definitely uh, catch it I'll definitely Turn off your brain Go in there Have fun with your kids Is it still screening in Singapore? Still screening Just opened 2 weeks ago Okay As of this recording So okay. it, will, it will still be out For All sure Alright uh, next up Hardy's uh, gonna want to Jump in on this oh We're gonna yes. be talking about The second season of American Gods <sighs> plagued by controversy Brian Fuller Michael Green Original mm. showrunners Left uh, in a in a cloud In a haft mm. uh, Over budgetary um, Disagreement Shall we say uh, I'm gonna g- touch on this Very quickly Cause yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm Let's not give it time I'm not watching the Full season to do a Full review on this Simply because it's not worth it Nope In the hands of Brian Fuller and Michael Green American Gods felt like A revelation uh, I would say a small Improvement already at on an already amazing novel By Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. It was ambitious It was visually inventive It was filled with narrative flourishes That dazzled and wild. But now with Fuller and Green fired um, American God Season 2 is a mess um, feels, it, yeah. it feels hollow and dull And an abject failure in narrative Ambition and storytelling I've only seen the first three episodes so yeah. far And it's already at a point of no return I feel yeah. because it's, it's so boring It's opaque It's uninspired and it's upsetting to me la, Because
2: It has so much potential. potential of
1: a great show And Because of that Stars has lost the show Completely Rather yeah. than just like Maybe Spend a couple extra million Right Now right. Na- now they've lost All the investment From the first season Because the show is done The show is done uh, It's yeah. a 2 out of 10 for me What do you think about this I, mean, I would
2: give you a 2 out of 10 man I mean yeah. uh, They wasted so much goodwill That was built up Over season 1 Yeah You know Like Neil Gaiman became One of the showrunners right
1: he was forced on Yeah, yeah Not fair. like he
2: And sometimes that doesn't work
1: Yeah, There were three other showrunners Yeah TV I F4 know Well each fired also
2: Which All that oh, the, the, the I mean the drama behind the scenes And all that was crazy already mm. But when the first episode came out And what they, they presented Was something that was so Oh I want to use the same word that you use: Uninspired Uninspired la. yeah You know it felt Like All that that time getting to know Shadow, getting to know Odin on Wednesday. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what> it <does. laughs> but it doesn't matter. Season one. What? <laughs> kid, <like. laughs> no, you're not gonna watch it anyway. Yeah. If you watch season one, you will know that Odin is Mr. <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. You know? And uh everything the new gods being introduced and how great it was to see the new gods in season one. Mm. And suddenly it was like It was a shell of a season mm. A shell of itself mm. And it was so disappointing It was w- I mean The low rating is because Of the disappointment la. Yeah It's just that I expected So much more Even with all the drama I thought that it can be A bit better than What I got
1: I've seen showrunners Change before I Exactly mean, Um, Like the West Wing For example yeah. The show wasn't Star Trek Discovery Star Trek Discovery The show didn't I mean They weren't improvements. Yeah like, They were kind of Yeah. But yeah. they weren't bad la. But
2: they weren't bad They still like maintain A kind of like yeah. Standard you know
1: Yeah I mean West Wing Season 5 and 6 Were okay. Well, still okay Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this, I, was this was just was like A plummet man this What is happened Oh god
2: Like they tried to Use the flourish of the, the you know, Being in Valhalla And being yeah. in
1: it Felt like a cover act door,
2: Exactly uh-huh. It felt like a shot like, This doesn't uh, I don't know. 2 out of 10 2, two out of 10.
1: 10 Okay So next up right I'm gonna kind of Rewind back in time Because I was shocked because I was looking back at our old episodes And yeah. I realised that I didn't review it back in December What was this? So this was a, uh, a Netflix movie that came out in November uh-huh. Called Cam And I, I was like Huh Because I, I, I was You know I'm the one who's in charge of like Updating our yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. and stuff So I, I posted But someone I did
2: something <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: So I posted I article about Cam la, you yeah, know yeah, uh, yeah. The writers and directors are doing something new And I was like Huh yeah I wonder like I forgot well, like When did I review Cam? La? And then I looked back at our old episodes And then I was like Holy shit! I didn't. Yeah, you didn't. How did I miss this out? Um. Okay. So I mean, backtrack really quick, just because you know I needed to talk about this. November. November. Uh, Cam is about an ambitious Cam girl who is plunged into an accidental accidental crisis when she learns that she's been locked out of her account. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, and replaced by an exact replica of herself on the stream. Yeah. So how freaky is that? You know, this Cam yeah, girl yeah. making money her only source of income. Suddenly she's locked out and she finds like this. Mystical creature Has taken her form mm-hmm. uh, More than just fraud This virtual ad- entity Has somehow managed to copy Not just her physical form But nearly everything else About her life Yeah. Um, what happens when Our avatars Take a life of their own That's the premise Of this engrossing Cyber thriller Written by Former cam model herself um, Aisa Maze. I hope I'm saying that right Cam um, is kind of A mindfuck mystery That strips away The artificial salaciousness To tell a feminist story About the hidden perils Of sex work Attention and online identity yeah. uh, This is like Black Mirror for Camgirls uh, Interesting Yeah, 7.5 out of 10 for me Oh, uh, Is
2: it still on Netflix?
1: Dude, it's always on It's a Netflix original
2: No, because sometimes okay, a Netflix yeah, so original it religion, then, yes It'll yeah, be on yes, Netflix, yeah okay. it, won't, it won't be taken out Cool, Netflix. cool, I'm going to watch it uh,
1: Speaking of going back in time Netflix recently acquired a new show Called The Carillion Frequency Except Ooh. The Carillion Frequency is not new It's actually a 2017 web series from Argentina yeah. That was actually released on YouTube and Vimeo um, I didn't catch it back then, but um, now that it's been bought over and exclusively available on Netflix, that's where I encountered it because Netflix just you know it popped up. I was like, hey, this looks fun. Uh, so the series revolves around a nighttime radio program set in a small town deep inside Buenos Aires, uh, in Argentina, of course, where a lot of macabre and creepy events occur. It's a hot bit of uh, menacing supernatural activity Which could mean, you know, witches, vampires, ghosts, werewolves Or even yeah, like the usuals, uh. ancient technical monsters also yeah, pop yeah, yeah. up um, The most dangerous time to be roaming around is at night uh, Which is why there is a local talk radio DJ uh, Who takes calls and keeps watch and offers advice and warnings to his freaked out listeners uh. So it's basically like an audio podcast except yeah. in visual form yeah. uh, The current frequency kind of combines two classic Horror film tropes Like uh, Midnight Radio I think is a classic trope And Strange Little Town mm. um, Each episode runs At under 10 minutes So you can Burn through all five, There's only 5 episodes You can burn through All 5 episodes In, in an, under hour. an hour Yeah Wow uh, 50 minutes I think At most Uh, You, you totally should Because I, I love The Stephen King vibe of it And there's kind of uh, Quirky indie animation Which isn't impressive But I mean uh, Stylistically uh, Great la. Uh so current frequency is a seven out of ten for me. Okay. A slight but fun thing. It's seven out of ten for me too. Hey, I, so, I haven't sorry. watched it yet. Uh next up, uh another show that is coming back, uh that was big in 2016. Um the second season of the OA. <laughs> uh so I'm I'm gonna attempt to review this totally bad shit show. Um <laughs> So to get out of, get this out of the way, right? The OA is a take it or leave it show. Either you love it or you hate it. There's no room in between. Either you find its big existential ideas all inspiring and profound and life changing, oh? or you find them laughably silly. oh y- um, you laugh, you cry, you cry from laughing, or you simply stare blank- blankly at the screen at some of the weirdest shit you've ever seen unfold. And you're asked to take this all very, very seriously. Um, for better of the do- for better or worse, um, the OE never blinks. It is what it is. its imagination is, is bin. And a blessing. Um, how do I talk about this, man? Um, it, it renders the show inaccessible to certain audiences mm-hmm. while successfully distinguishing itself from any other series out there. Okay. So you know, being and a blessing. So this season, we follow our. So if
2: you're an OA fan, you will love. What if you love thing. the
1: first season, you would still be shocked by how crazier, how much crazier it gets in season two.
2: Okay, but it's very inaccessible for new fans.
1: Uh, yes Okay Definitely la. I mean you, you definitely Have to watch season one first. Although it's a kind of A soft reboot Because it takes place In an alternate dimension Okay So this season We follow our o- The OA stands for Original Angel So we yeah, follow yeah. our OA Into a new dimension And it leans into This alternate universe story Wholeheartedly That bit is good I appreciate the bonkers Imagination It's just that This show still suffers From the same problems As season 1 To me it's a problem la. To others it might be A, a flourish What's the problem? Uh, it moves at a glacial pace It's overlong It's painfully slow And it's frequently ludicrous like, so, so many Ludicrous things happen And it's done Without a sense of humour Like, you know, like Doom Patrol or Legends of Tomorrow They have, like, a wink-wink Kind of yeah, thing Yeah, yeah, This one has no wink-wink This is, like, the most serious thing That's ever oh, happened Oh, no You know uh, <laughs> Um so it's just so pretentious And I'm not up for it It feels like A dollar store version Of The Leftovers Because For all of the OA's Big ideas And super serious Character studies The other series have done wi- Which before? is tot- totally similar To The Leftovers yeah. It lacks the craft And nuance of The Leftovers uh, yeah. Or the sense of playfulness Of a Legion Or, or Legends of Tomorrow
2: okay. For example
1: It's a 4 out of 10 for me okay. I I fully understand Why for other people It might be a
2: 400 out of 10 Still better than American Gods
1: Yes yes No, but like American Gods Everybody will find That sucks yeah. With the OE There is an audience It's divisive Yeah I Either think it sucks or is the is the greatest thing ever made in the history of fiction. You know, okay. Kind of one of those things, mm. So keep in mind, this is my opinion. I know that a lot of hardcore away fans out there. <laughs> Don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. Uh, next up, I'm going to be a- reviewing um Critus, which is on um a streaming service called Shudder, which is a horror exclusive streaming
2: service. Wait, wait, wait,
1: what? Yeah, i uh, Shudder. It's only like four ninety nine. Um, it's pretty cheap. Uh, so, Critters is a reboot of, you know, you remember the 80s franchise, Critters? Uh, so, nearly ter- nearly yeah. 30 years after the last installment in the franchise, that would that be the 1992 direct-to-video Critters 4. Yeah, uh, there were four of them, up, by the way. Don't yes, forget. Yes. Yeah. Um, the creatures are back for a new show called Critters: A New Binge. Which makes sense, you know They're hungry They're hungry And 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 you can binge the show Yeah, exactly Uh, It's a brand new Shudder original series It's made out of 8 episodes The very first Critters TV series Actually runs shorter Than even the shortest film in the franchise Wow Yes Because it's only uh, I think about 70 minutes It would take 70 minutes in total
2: For all episodes For
1: all episodes So it's a very, very short series So trust me It's a blessing in disguise Because Critters, a new binge right, Is pretty bad (laughs)
2: Okay, I mean the movies weren't masterpieces, huh? <laughs> no,
1: but even compared to the movies, this is what I'm gonna, I mean, this is what I'm trying to say. What? It's essentially a reboot that bears no storyline connections <sighs> to the movies. Okay. Uh, the critters are returning to Earth on a mission to re- rescue one of their own. What? It it's yes, I know. So um it's cheap, it's <laughs> unfunny. And even compared to the original franchise, which was so bad it's good, right? This yeah is yeah, just yeah. so bad it's bad.
2: Because is he likes the
1: charm and, and the wit and of Critus uh, one the the warmth la, Of Critus yeah. yeah so sometimes I can take cheesiness yeah but not when it's done with s- so little self awareness yeah yeah so even compared to the original Critus this is a failure it's a one of them
2: Oh no one. wow yeah worse than y- American God yeah it is They worse than
1: American Gods <laughs> okay. Uh, okay Next up uh, Gonna be jumping I, I haven't talked about Podcasts here For a long time si- Considering we are a podcast Yeah so what are we Talking about uh, The last podcast I reviewed Was Wolverine The Long Night Yes Which was a really Really good podcast And and I do have to remind you guys That Wolverine The Lost Trail The sequel to The Long Night Is, is it out, already It will be out on Stitcher <sighs> In yes. A week
2: Wait is it Stitcher Premium Or Stitcher Stitcher Premium uh, But um,
1: if you wait a few months It will be out it will on out iTunes la. And stuff for okay. free uh, So anyways I will be talking about A podcast called The Feast Why am I talking about A food podcast Yeah why Because this acclaimed Food podcast The Feast Begins its third season By discussing the evolution Of Star Trek's Treatment of food uh, from like the colourful nutrient cubes at the start of the original series, to Picard's Replicator Tea, to the cultural implications of Vulcan vegetarianism, uh, mm. the podcast attempts to explain how Star Trek has always used gastronomy to both build a compelling world and to answer pressing questions about society and consumption. And culture. Yeah, cons- yeah, culture, consumption, and how different cultures look at each other based on what they eat. This is especially per- per- important to look at in a quote-unquote utopian society, where scarcity, money, and hunger is non existent. Mm. So, what does it say about that society? So, from veganism to the social value of alcohol across cultures, through the dissipation of uh, factory farming because of you know, the synthesizers, uh, this podcast is a super nerdy listen. Uh.
2: Oh, but it's, it sounds it interesting, it
1: though. Is, it's, yeah, it's a very fascinating uh, podcast. It's called The Feast. Uh, the title of this particular episode is, as Picard says it, Tea, Earl Grey. Tales from a Star Trek speed easy. Uh, so
2: that means this is uh this episode is yeah. on Star Trek lah.
1: Yes, uh, it's a general food podcast. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, mostly about real world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this
2: is when they're talking about sci-fi lah. Yes, so okay.
1: uh, they got a couple of uh, Star Trek uh, podcasters on as guests. like Can nice. I explain it? You know. Okay. Uh, it's an eight out of ten for me. It's a one-hour listen really fun. If you're a, a, a Star Trek fan, like uh, most of us mm-hmm. are. You know you would Definitely enjoy it Or even if you're Just like um Anthropological Kind of nerd You know
2: Yeah you kind of Appreciate this whole Conversation lah Correct correct So have you watched Star Trek Discovery yet
1: No but we will be Reviewing it next month
2: Hurry up and watch
1: Okay um, mm-hmm. Next up We'll be uh, Handing it over to Isa. Isa, Because uh, We are back For another quarterly segment That we like to call Isa's Enemy Corner So we've already talked about Mob Psycho 100 Season 2 That's out of the way That was You know Like My Hero Academia A special kind of enemy Deserves its own section What other enemies Do you have to recommend To us Aisa? Uh,
3: I think this time round Is not so much of a, a Recommendation As it is uh, a Kind of like a, a reminder And a review Right Yeah um, so this particular season of anime that we've been having, much like Mob Psycho Two, uh, we have had the return of a couple of season twos as well, right? Uh, of which the standouts, uh, both in good and bad ways, uh, one the first one I'm going to talk about is Sword uh, Art Online, um, three, right? So we've got season three, and. Um, Sword As, out Online. Swat Art Online, yeah. So like the first the first season, which which I think Hardy you watched with me, right? Uh was really good in the fact that it was kind of one of the first um new Game-based mm. uh, genre animes, right? Uh, and that kind of sparked off an entire mm. slew of that happening. Isn't nothing new uh, genre-wise to 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 anime at least because you had Hack Slash and all of that yeah. in the past. Uh, but I think Sword Art Online kind of like reignited that that um, that particular genre and anime. Um, uh, I felt like they kind of phoned it home for for season two with the Gun Girl Online. Um, and the whole, like, fairy arc that they had there. But Season 3 has been very, very interesting in that they've started to ask a lot of very deep questions in the subtext of um, the series at the moment. So, just for a brief background, uh, Kirito, our dearly overpowered protagonist, is now in a coma, and in order to rehabilitate um, his um, higher brain functions, right? Uh, they've basically put him in a... Uh, another game Or so to say Or another virtual world In which he has to uh, He finds himself in And is being challenged by What's interesting is that This entire world Is populated By AI oh. And so what they've done Is they've found a way To copy a person's soul Into, into a digital the- format So they call this technology Fluglight Right So basically they scan Like these Uh I mean, obviously, it's pseudoscience, but they, they scan these parts of your brain that emit a certain wavelength of light, right? And that's what they consider the soul of the person. So he's currently stuck in a virtual world. Um, the enemy is still currently ongoing and will be finishing, or uh, will be wrapping up soon. Uh, he's stuck in a world that is inhabited by these floodlights, right? These copies of souls of real people who reproduce to create their more own... More AI. More AI, Right? So, it is a fascinating exploration into questions like, what is a soul? Uh, You know, if you do not have a physical body, do you exist? If you exist in a program, do you exist? What happens when these AI souls get corrupted? Is it possible for them to get corrupted? Is it part of their programming? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of very very interesting, almost Black Mirror like implications for a story that plays out in what is essentially a game like virtual fantasy world, right? And I don't think we've actually seen anything like that so far. And um and for of course fans of uh, fans of uh, that, you also know that this is a precursor to what will eventually become Excel World right now uh, because same author and all of that so um highly recommend it uh so far it's been great i think like it's enjoyable but at the same time there's a lot to chew on on kind of like a moral philosophical level uh it's a good like seven and a half out of ten for me um the other one which is has season two right now is kakiguri which is your uh Gambling Addict If you are keen You can check that out Season 1 is on Netflix At the moment mm-hmm. Season 2 has been interesting And I've always been fascinated With this particular uh, Series Just because of the way uh, The approach in which They approach gambling As sort of a game based system Right And the kind of games That they come up with Requires a great deal of thought And understanding of game theory In order to make The stories work mm. uh, And that played out very well In in Season 1. However, in Season 2, they needed something more to kind of raise the stakes. And it's gotten ridiculous. So much so to the point, right, that uh, it's very difficult to kind of like follow on with what they're trying to achieve, right? Uh, And just all in all, just to keep it short, uh, Kakeguri Season 2 does have a lot of the fantastic things from season 1 but because they need to continually raise the stakes in almost like a shonen level uh power level kind of thing right oh, it's okay. gotten a little bit ridiculous and uh it's only a 5 hour 10 for me oh okay uh i remember a couple of months ago at the beginning of this anime season i was talking about uh, the Promised neverland mm. and i just want to like shout it out as a reminder because it went from a three episode curiosity mm. to A phenomenally Good anime Mm. Like So much so To the point Where I'm really Really blown away By the way Um The storytelling Has been done By the way That they've captured Um Um The 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 emotions of the kids that are involved with this are just like a recap right so it's about these kids who are in an orphanage and they discover a very deep dark and horrifying secret about Michael their Jackson to no that's even never well well i mean there's some parallels that you could possibly draw from there um but Essentially, discovering a horrifying secret that changes the entirety of their understanding of their hitherto very idyllic life. Mm. Right? Uh, it's wrapping up real soon. I think we've just got uh, one or two more episodes left. Uh, every episode, uh, the last five episodes, have been cliffhangers back to back. The twists and turns have been crazy. I really can't wait to see uh, how they end this, and hopefully, it's with a bang. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Easily, it's an eight point five. Right. Where, where is, can
1: you find this? Is Crunchyroll.
3: Uh. Yes. You can find it on Crunchyroll at the moment. Um. Rumors are that Netflix is going to pick it up. Um. So if you don't mind waiting a little while and you only have uh, access to Netflix, please go check that out. Uh. When it does come on, probably um when the next season starts as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And the last and final one for fans of Danmachi or. Uh, is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls at a Dungeon The new movie is coming out real soon Yeah,
1: I think it's um, coming out
3: Next week Next week, yeah, next week. yeah So uh, Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Arrow of Orion Comes out in Singapore next week yeah. I'm really excited about this uh, Danmachi uh, uh, The short form of The name is one of my favourite animes Also a game-based world um, With the whole fantasy idea Going on with that Being reborn into that world Um, If you're keen to check out The series uh, It's currently on Netflix Both The original Danmachi series As well as It's offshoot Called Sword Oratoria Where you follow A different protagonist uh, Through the same timeline again Which I thought was very smart When it came out Uh, Please go check that out It's on Netflix right now Uh, In the meantime We will probably (coughs) be doing A review Of um, Stars of Orion That's coming out real soon And uh, Yeah I hope you guys get to Catch that And we'll see what you guys Think as well
1: Nice Uh, And to wrap up the episode As usual I'll be doing some book And comic book recommendations Some literature recommendations Your pull list The pull list Mm. Uh, The first one I'm going to be talking about Is a book called Black Leopard Red Wolf This is an African book? Uh, Yes This is by uh, A writer named Marlon James Who Who Actually won a Man Booker Prize uh, oh. In 2014 for a book called A Brief History of Seven Killings it's, That was a kaleidoscopic tale Of like politics, gangs and drugs in, And reggae in Jamaica actually So when he announced that he was gonna follow up With a fantasy novel The literary community was um, A cast Really? Uh, you know you know the stuffy serious literature pricks you know, like no, I know. What are you doing? You know doing like kiddie stuff Like fantasy uh, but you know He he has proven himself To be a great writer In any genre um, So this one Black Leopard, Red Wolf uh, Easily one of the best books I've read this year Although it is early um, Has kind of been Catchly labelled By the writer himself As the African Game of Thrones Yeah. Uh, of course It is so much more than that la. Uh, So if you've read His previous work You'll be familiar with His um, incredibly lush prose um, He uses that vivid An engrossing writing style To paint the wonders Of little known African folklore Um, Everyone knows What fairies And dwarfs And elves are But creatures And mythologies He draws upon here uh, Might be unfamiliar To readers Such as myself Who are more Mm -hmm. inclined Towards western fantasy Uh, But James uses The rich heritage Of African myths And tales To create a Heartbreaking new world uh, And a breathtaking New world also (sighs) Um, It develops rewarding characters, all while subverting genre conventions at every turn. Um, Describing the plot is almost impossible because, as all fantasy novels are, it is very dense and stuffed with uh, dozens of intertwining side stories. Plus, the major thing that is making it difficult for me to summarize it is because its POP character is an unreliable narrator. (coughs) So uh, just take my word for it Uh, Black Leopard Red Wolf Is a triumph of imagination And will certainly be The next great fantasy franchise Uh, This is only the first installment Of what James calls The Dark Star Trilogy So there's more to come
2: So two more books Two
1: more books Plus uh, Michael B. Jordan Has already optioned The movie rights for (gasps) this book So it will be made Into a movie Oh.
2: And finally uh, Wait do you think That it will be better As a series or a movie
1: I think it'll be better as a series. Okay. For sure. Uh but you know, if you want to go the movie route, I mean I trust Michael B. Jordan, so yeah, why yeah. not? It's a nine out of ten for me.
2: If he gets Ryan Coogler on board.
1: Why not, right? Yeah. The like Black Panther team. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh last thing I'll talk about before we wrap up is a beautiful little story called Death Wins a Goldfish. Yeah. So Death Wins a Goldfish follows a grim reaper, forced to clear his vacation days by the human resources department. Okay. Uh so you know, Death been overworked okay. There's a bunch of uh, Leave stored up Forced feels
2: to go like Terry
1: for Forced to go on leave Yeah, pretty much So um, It is written by a guy Called Brian Rhea uh, no. And his humorous And heartfelt graphic novel Is a sneak peek Into death's journal entries While on sabbatical uh, Documenting the mundane Joys of his holidays uh, This grim reaper Is intent on using His time off To grow as a person So he travels the world Enrolls in college Attends festivals And even gives Dating apps a try uh, what he finds ranges from the utterly disappointing To some transcendentally joyous things mm. But it, it uh it is always an uh, a testament to discovering new things And encountering new people And yeah. uh, broadening your horizons uh, Life is more than work, you know um, It's all a lovely reminder to the overstressed and overworked To go out and live your life once in a while Everyone deserves a break, yeah. even death um,
2: Wow, this is interesting
1: uh, it's very cute. It's kind of a whimsical tale, uh, but has a nice message behind it, la. Okay. Um, especially you know w- we come from uh, like uh, we're in Asian society that values yeah, work yeah. all others. I like mean,
2: from what you're explaining about the book, it really reminds me of Terry Pratchett's like Reaper Man, mm. uh, Terry Pratchett's uh Hogfather mm. and Mort, where. Death is also a protagonist Correct yeah, yeah. yeah Okay interesting I'll definitely try to catch that Uh. So this uh, Sorry, illithi-
1: This kind of elliptical Journal entry story About death yeah. Um, yeah like you mentioned An earnest appeal uh, okay. To a fundamental human question uh, How should one live uh, wow. As death finds out The only way to live Is to simply go out there And do it You know There's, there's no talking about it Just, just do, do
2: something Oh my god
1: Yeah uh, so I mean, great little uh, graphic novel is an eight out of ten. You oh can it's find a it at novel. graphic novel, You can okay. find it at uh, Konia. okay, okay, uh, or GNB Comics. I'm sure has it as well. Or yeah. if you are a Kindle person, it's available on Amazon and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Oh boy, next month, next month is going to be a big one. Yeah. I'm I'm already like exhausted looking through this list. Uh, so let's run through some of the things that we're going to be talking about next month. Avengers Endgame the, the biggest w- one The la. big one The granddaddy uh, Shazam The original Captain Marvel
0: mm-hmm.
1: The new Hellboy
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ultraman New series on, on Netflix. Netflix Uh The second season of Sabrina that Chilling Avengers fun. off Oh um, that's faster Yeah Yeah um, Actually hmm. it's, it's the second half Of the first season Oh, the, oh the, the yeah Book Okay Addict. okay Yeah 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 um, Star Trek Discovery <gasps> Which uh, Hardy and Isa Will talk about You saw so. Uh, I'll yeah sure I'll respond. <laughs>
2: you will like this season, trust me. <laughs> it's been great. Um, it's become very Star Trekky. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, mm.
1: for quick hits, there are a lot of horror movies actually coming out in April. Uh, there is uh the new Stephen King uh mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery.
2: I'll be watching that review.
1: Uh, it is thirty years since the last Pet Cemetery, so mm-hmm. it's about time, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have the Hole in the Ground, which is an Irish. Indie horror about a boy who disappears into a hole in the ground and comes back different. So another creepy kid one. Oh I like that. Uh there is the Curse of La Laronia. Uh there is uh, Leica's new stop motion animation picture called Missing Link. Ooh. Uh, Tim Burton's Return uh, in Dumbo, which looks immensely sad. Uh there is the second season of The Thick. Uh there That's is fun, uh, the really cool Cute Rila Kuma and Kauru, which is you know based on the Sand x yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, plush toys. Yeah, uh, There is Brie Larson's directorial debut, uh, the Unicorn Store, which also, also stars uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good time to release it. Very smart by Netflix, yeah. considering the movie was actually out in 2017. Oh wow! So they were waiting for Captain Marvel. And go to go capitalize on, on that, yeah, smart, clever, smart, smart. All right, those are just the things that are finishing next month. <laughs> keep it, k- keep in mind, there are other things. Like Game of Thrones that is premiering oh, next month. Uh that is what we do in the shadows. Oh, uh, if, if you're not watching right now, I mean Doom Patrol is still killing it right now. You know? Do Doom Patrol. Yeah, the, the Jordan Peele's The Twilight Zone. No breaks for Jordan Peele. It's premiering I in a week. That. Yeah,
2: I mean, oh, it's not out yet. Not out yet. Okay, it's Premiering in okay. a no week. No wonder I haven't know? watched
1: that. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is out next month, also. Season uh, two. Season two. Damn. Good omens and <gasps> speak- yes, speaking speaking of your terror pressure, yeah. Um so much good things, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, so but obviously the the two big things for the next couple of months, Avengers yeah. Endgame and a Song of Ice and Fire. Mm. Nope, we're not talking about Todoroki, we're talking nope. about Game of Thrones. Uh <laughs> not so bad that's
2: a good uh, that's a good uh, my academy joke job. I know, I yeah. know.
1: But it, it o- very specific audience for the <laughs> Very, job, uh. very yeah. small audience. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Only you guys lah, basically. <laughs> the and you you also in America and Thailand <laughs> and Vietnam. uh till next time this has been Hit Zero. I'm Hardy. I'm Issa uh, We'll catch you Next month uh, Wish us luck well, As we watch all these amazing things Bye bye